This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. Uh, You know you're getting old when your favorite kind of plans are canceled plans. Can I get an amen on that one? I'm buying my wife a shirt that says, I don't want to go big, I just want to go home. Can I get an amen on that one? That is, you know, you're getting, this is one of my favorite. You know you're getting old when happy hour is a nap. You know you're getting old when you spend twice as long to look half as good. Uh, you know you're getting old when your memory is shorter, but your complaining lasts longer. I honored a senior adult uh, in this community that's been a a mentor to me over the years. I honored him this week by just saying, you're one of the wisest guys I know. Uh, You know, Proverbs is very clear. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps his mouth shut. And this guy sits in a room and says nothing. He's like a sage. And we just, we just, we hang on every few words that he shares. And I was honoring him for that. And I go, have you always been that way? What makes you so wise at this age that you don't say a whole lot? And he responded with, I just don't really care anymore. That's really what it is. But I appreciate you honoring me, Ted. (laughs) And all God's people said, okay, all right. And I thought that was good because you know you're getting old when you think you have more patience, but actually you just don't care anymore. You know you're getting old, everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> I shared this at 10 and 11.45 two weeks ago, and I'm going to share it today at just the 8.15 because it was Gary Smalley's favorite, you know you're getting old joke, when this old guy's out on the dance floor just tearing it up, and he runs into his cardiologist. The cardiologist comes over and goes, what are you doing? And the guy said, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do, find a hot mama and be cheerful. He said, I told you, you have a heart murmur and to be careful. (laughs) That we say in honor of our departed friend, Dr. Gary Smalley. What have we learned? What have we summed up in the whole book of Ecclesiastes? Life without God is meaningless. If you don't understand this premise through the whole book, you might read meaningless, 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 meaningless all throughout this book and start to think to yourself, Nothing matters. You could really walk away from this book if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you don't walk with the Lord. You could walk away going, nothing matters. But when you understand in your relationship with Christ, this book, you see everything matters. Everything matters when it's in a right relationship with God. And today, we're going to jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We will be able to cover every verse in this chapter today as we close because it is a shorter chapter And we really want to spend some time with this word remember, because it's not just, hey, remember your keys or uh, remember that important date. The word remember here in the text is a very weighty word, and it means to be consumed in your thoughts, your words, and your actions with your creator. It's interesting that we use the word creator because we want to understand that we have a purpose. And this book, living with the end in mind thought that we've been going through, we should be living with the purpose that God has created you for. I should be living with the purpose God has created me for. In the days of your youth, we want to talk about that today. So encouraged by what God is doing through the youth of our our nation uh, and even what God is doing right here at Woodland Hills Family Church through our students and through our young adults. But we we want to spend a little time with this because the days of trouble are coming upon you fast. That's what I loved about that video in Baby Dedication. 
We say it around here often, the days go slow, but the years go fast. But when you are young, you don't think about this. When you are young, you don't think about your death. When you are young, and we're going to see today, you can even forget about your creator because you might fall into this thinking, I got plenty of time. But the days go slow, the years go fast. The days of trouble are coming. What are the days of trouble? They're the years that approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And today we're going to get the allegory of a house in this text. And we're going to see in very graphic detail the aging process. We're going to see in graphic detail this allegory of a house and how the body finds its way into the grind. And as you get old, things start breaking down. And so be encouraged, uh, 8.15. (laughs) You will be so validated. Your nap will feel so good today uh, after this text. But when we are young, we tend to be consumed, like in thought, words, and actions with our looks. Remind us all, looks are fading. With our careers, we tend to throw a lot into what am I going to do to make a living and into our relationships. When we read today, remember your creator in the days of your youth, We want to talk about being consumed in our thoughts, words, and actions with what the Creator has designed us to do in life, but more importantly than that, to be consumed with our Creator, that He would drive our thoughts, our words, and our actions. When you are young, you're in your prime. You have great opportunities to pursue God's purpose for your life. Yes, career is important. Relationships, important. Yeah, it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with standing in front of the mirror, putting on nice clothes, getting yourself ready to leave in the morning. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But don't be consumed with that alone. Right? Take this time. Use your energy. You got energy when you're young. Use it to make the most of the opportunities that God gives you to know him, walk with him, serve him, be consumed in your thoughts, words, and actions with what he's called you to do. So let's jump into this great text. We're going to start in verse 2, and now we get into the allegory. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. When the keepers of the house tremble, speaking there of the arms and the hands, the body begins to break down. Uh, And strong men stoop. This now speaks of the, the legs and the joints, and many of you have new ones. Uh, But this starts to happen as we get old. When the grinders cease because they are few and now we start to lose our teeth. You know you're getting old when you and your teeth no longer sleep together. (laughs) This is part of aging. And those looking through the windows grow dim. How many of you did not have glasses when you were young but you have them now? Yeah. We begin losing our eyesight. It gets bad. My eye doctor told me at 40, it's just like, it's like you start, your eyes just plummet. And I go, forever? He goes, no, till 55. He told me this when I was in my late 30s because my, my prescription didn't change in my 20s and my 30s. It was pretty much the same. And I'm like, this is just a Pearl Vision way of getting a little more cash out of us. Uh, he was dead on. Like on my birthday, I couldn't see. 40 years old. It went, and then my son goes back and gets his eye exam every year, and there's just, there's no, there's no change. I go back, and 
this is all like the doctor's back is usually to you as he's asking you to read it. And the eye doctor, this is what I hear out of him. Whew. It's been a year and it's going down. And I'm, I'm past a year right now. I can see to about the 10th row. And that's it. Yeah. Those looking through the windows. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, many believe this is speaking of, of the face sinking in. Uh, when people rise at the sound of birds, uh, you've heard the story. I've shared it here before, but I love it, and it's in this context. Uh, the couple that got up one morning, they're fixing breakfast. He's sitting at the table. She's at the stove, and uh, he, he ponders for just a moment and realizes the sun's coming in on the wrong side of the kitchen. They had gotten, they'd gone to bed so early <laughs> that they awoke before the sunset. And they were making breakfast at sunset. That you know you're getting old. You nap all day. You're watching the news. You go to bed early. But look at the sound of birds. But then he adds, we've had teeth, we've had arms, we've had legs. But all their songs grow faint. Can't hear them. You're losing your hearing. Some of you, this is the one part of aging you've enjoyed. And, and uh, I want to tell all the husbands in here, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Big difference. It goes on. Verse 5. When people are afraid of heights and of the dangers in the streets, this is a part of aging, when everyday ordinary activities become threatening. They're scary. Uh, you know you're getting old when you step off the curb or you step off a stair and you pause to look down to make sure that stair is still there, that, that street is still there. I have bifocals now and these new trendy ones that you can't see the line, and that's what I think is really throwing me because, I mean, and if you ever see me out in public and, and see me, I'm not agreeing to anything. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to walk. And Amy, we were just at the convention center, and we walked down those big stairs at the Branson Hilton, and she's down almost to the door. I'm halfway down the stairs, because, I mean, I, I find myself like, okay, yep, it's, it's, I've, I've walked down stairs my whole life. But these ordinary activities, I think, you know, a good application here for us, and let's pause for a second, and I'll really pound on the 10 and 11.45 for you. This reminds us to be patient with our senior adult friends. Yeah, it does. It should change, just pipe it down. Uh, the, it, it should remind us to be a little more patient when we're driving. Because you get behind that slow driver, that's someone who used to be able to hit the pedal, but now they're a little, little more timid. Everyday activity. I, we have a dear friend in this church who surrendered her keys to her family because her foot was no longer strong enough to hit the brake. And she knew for herself I, wasn't, I was going to hit somebody. Now, that's a tough thing. We, I, and it, I, I read it this week, and I was just like, oh, man, March is almost here. Season's picking back up in Branson. <sighs> Let us all be patient. I've no longer, no sooner studying this, and I'm at SunFest. And at SunFest, oh, you know, when I'm, when I'm behind somebody writing a check <laughs> at the checkout, practicing their penmanship, I mean, it crawls all over me. I'm like, man, I got somewhere to be, and... You have any idea how many times? I'll pay for all of this. Just don't write a check, please. This is my benevolence for the day. 
people are afraid of heights, the dangers in the streets. Oh, now the hair turning gray, the almond tree blossoms. I love that word picture. Now we go, there's small ears in here, I'm going to be careful. The grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred. I'm going to leave it at that. You all are pretty good Bible interpreters. I'm really proud of you. I think my favorite part of this text my whole life has been the grasshopper drags itself along, desire is no longer stirred, and then you die. And look at what it says. Then people go to their eternal home. The body breaks down, desire is gone, you go, and mourners go about the streets. And verse 6 now speaks to the finality of life. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and wheel broken at the well. Some would say this is still talking about body parts and maybe the arteries and the systems, how the ancients would have seen it. But almost all agree it's just speaking of the end is now here and death is upon you. And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. And then again we read in this book at the end of the chapter, at the end of our lessons, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless without God. I, you know, we just had fun with this and we're able to laugh at this and there, there are some who are saying, uh, yeah, I'm there. And why, why, why are we as followers of Jesus able to speak about it in this manner? Why are we able to speak about it? And I'll tell you why as we talk about death. Because of Jesus, we do not fear death. This is not anything that we fear in life. Jesus said, said it this way, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Rest in that today. That is the gospel. We believe Jesus died and rose again. We believe for those who have placed faith alone in Christ alone, death is not the end. It's why we can speak of it in this way. Um, I was thinking this week, and you know I love the song by Kenny Chesney, uh, Don't Blink. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite country music songs. Uh, I wanted it at my, that's part of my service. Um, don't blink, because just like that, you're six years old and you take a nap, and you wake up and you're 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your wife. Don't blink, because just like that, you might miss your babies growing like mine did, turning into moms and dads. The next thing you know, your better half of 50 years is there in bed, and you're praying God takes you instead. Trust me, friends, 100 years goes faster than you think. And Jerry, today your church family mourns with you. We love you. Jerry sat at the bedside of Kathy this week, his wife of 53 years, and held her hand as she took her last breath. And Jerry can mourn today, not as the world mourns, but mourns as the one who has hope. And to watch Jerry just sit back in that chair after Kathy went to be with the Lord, it's, it's, a, it's a numbing feeling. I know that sets over us when we mourn. but the hope we have in Christ and the joy that we have in it. He is the resurrection and the life, the one who believes in him. 
will live even though they die. How do we, how do we, what do we do with this text? I want us to, to ponder something. Think about the time you have left, whatever your age is. You have to make the most of it. Uh, and, and sometimes the older we get and we think about our marriages or we think about our parenting and, and uh, we, can, we can live with a lot of regret of things that we've done, things that we've said, mistakes that we've made, things our children have told us we've said or children have told us that we've done. Uh, but at this church, because of Jesus, we do not feed our regrets. We ask Jesus to redeem our remaining days. It's so much easier to preach without these. I can't see any of you right now, so I don't. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm done wearing glasses. You can <laughs> scorn me all you want while I'm up here teaching. I can't see it. I'll get back to reality. Psalm 39, four through five reads, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath, a theme throughout all of Scripture, and it's why we give these marbles to our parents. We want them to know your time is limited. And I, I'll, I still remember when I handed Corinne her last marble on her 18th birthday at a dinner, and Amy pulled it out of her purse and handed it to me, and I had, oh, I had all sorts of word planned, and I had it in my hand, and Corinne grabbed it, handed it back to Amy, and said, put it in your purse. We're not doing this right now. <laughs> and uh, on June 2nd this year, I get to grab my son's last marble. And he's not nearly as emotional as my daughter. He has learned to control his emotions, uh, as he would say. He'll let me share the words. Uh, but we're in this season, right? We're in this season of thinking through our days. When you need to think through your days, I'd encourage you today when you get home, or maybe even right now, take your phone out, type in your age, subtract it from 80, multiply it times 365, and you know, you can average the year, however many days you got left in the year before your next birthday, but... Uh, just to see how many days you got left and just ponder it for a bit. Just look at it. Some of you are like, you know when it turns red on the calculator and uh, it's got that negative mark? Uh, I'm in overtime. That's all right. Make the most of it. You're like, okay, well, if I know time is short and it's a breath and it's a vapor, it's a mist and it's not going to last, what do we do? Hey, well, let's keep going. Proclaim the good news of Jesus to the next generation. You're not done. You're not done until you're dead. You're not done until you draw your last breath. Psalm 71, 18 says, now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. I, I've been at the bedside of many. I've been sitting next to many. I've sat next to those in their 90s who have asked the question, has God forgotten me? Like I've heard that come out of their mouth. Do not abandon me, the psalmist said. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who will come after me. You still got work to do. This week, uh, I, I know we can't all come on campus on Wednesday, so I'm not encouraging you to do that. Uh, but, but get on our feed. Get on the Woodland Hills Young Adult feed. Get on the Woodland Hills student feed and be encouraged by what's happening in our student ministry and in our young adult ministry. When I walk in there, you know I've had this illustration since the beginning of this series. Uh, there's two ways you can go out. You can go out with like spoiled milk or with a sheet cake. And I want the sheet cake. And as I sat around that room, and young adults even this week looking around, 
at all these 20-somethings, and I'm going, Lord, I know my replacement is in here somewhere. I pray my replacement is in here. I got to remind you, your replacement is in there too. The elders of this church, the leaders of this church, the greeters of this church, we all have our season and then we step aside and there is a new generation. It's not the next generation, it is this generation. And I looked around and I was praying, I'm like, Lord, let let the 20-somethings in here that have been called to preach and teach rise up and let them start teaching this group. I saw it last Sunday at at Faith Assembly in, uh, in Orlando. Pastor Carl has pastored that church 42 years. And he turned it over to his successor last year. And uh, in every service, he sat on the second row, cheering on everything that was happening. And, and that was probably my greatest takeaway from the morning, that every single person in this service would become a cheerleader for the next generation, would become a cheerleader for this generation. When they step up here, the, the, the first time we have a 20-something preaching on the teaching team, it isn't, okay, don't, Argh. I'm sorry, I'm impersonating just a couple of you. It's not the whole attitude. (laughs) But that your first response would be, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And I, for one, am not going to be a whiner or a complainer at this church. I am going to be one who proclaims your power to the next generation, to the new generation, and I'm going to be one who says, go for it. You got this. And we stand with you on it. Let's all be those people. As our hearing goes, as our eyes go, they got energy. And I'm just, I want to remind all the young people in here, we're ready. I am ready for you to go, Ted, why are you so quiet in these meetings? I don't care anymore. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> May you take the baton and run. We're ready. Oh, we're ready. Let's close out this book. Ecclesiastes 12, 9 through 12. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. So we got that as we, as we went through this book. We got a lot. And if you're new to our church, I encourage you to go back and watch the messages in this series. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, something that could... Prod along, their collective sayings like firmly embedded nails. They would put nails in tents, and it's kind of like uh, I have all sorts of rack systems in my garage to hang the tools that I need. Kind of the same idea here is that, that take these sayings and hang them where they're handy, and you can recall them, and you can get them, and you can do something with them given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them, of making many books, there is no end. Every author loves that. And then every student will amen this. And much study wearies the body as we come into midterms. And here's Alistair Begg, Pastor Begg says this, and I think this is beautiful. Don't go down these paths. This is what he's saying. This is what every mom and dad say in here to our kids. Don't go down these paths. Let me save you the expense, okay? Let me save you the energy. Use your energy to know what your creator has called you to do. I've gone down these various roads, and and we've seen all of them in this text, the road of money, the, the, the road of accomplishments and pursuits and Building great projects. So we've seen all sorts of pursuits. I've gone down these various roads, and I have discovered them to be dead ends. Don't go down them. Live a life on purpose for God. And the final two verses of this text. 
Now all has been heard. Now let's sum it all up. Here's the conclusion of the matter, he says. Fear God and keep his commandments. Love Jesus, yes, but also fear God. Stand in reverence of Almighty God. For this is the duty of all mankind. And here's why the text is not saying, this whole book's not saying nothing matters. It's saying everything matters. Why? Because of verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment. The way you live your life and the way I live my life. Including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. You know what's happening today, though, in our culture? And it's happening in a lot of our churches, and I pray it never happens in this church. Rather than fearing God and keeping his commandments, our culture wants to reframe God to fit our preferences. And now we're painting pictures of God that the Bible does not teach. And we say, this is how I want to live. I'm going to decide how I live, and then what I'll do is I will create God to accept the way I'm choosing. When the scripture says, fear God and his commandments... And I think how we take this and end out our series is simple. Remind yourself regularly, he is God and I am not. He is God and I am not. And I will stand in awe of him and I will have reverence for him. So for those that read the scripture and it's like, yeah, but is that really what it says? Yeah, I don't really want to live that way. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I like these parts, but I don't like those parts. I just want to, and I hear it all the time, and, and remember your creator in the days of your youth, young people hear me. Yes, love Jesus, but also fear God. Yes, love Jesus, but walk in obedience. The Asbury revival that just took place in, in, in uh, Kentucky, and I love what John Wesley said. I heard a professor from Asbury talk about it this week, and I thought it was beautiful. beautiful. He said, God works in two ways, extraordinary moments and ordinary moments. What's happening at Asbury is an extraordinary moment. But extraordinary moments don't negate ordinary moments. And ordinary moments don't negate extraordinary moments. And ordinary moments, those are, those are what you and I do each day when we just take faithful steps to follow Jesus. When we continue in trust and obedience. We had a song in the church I grew up in called Trust and Obey. And I think the church today loves the word love and trust. We're not big fans of the word obey. Trust and obey. Walk in obedience. In 2 John 1, 6, we read, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his commands, his command is that you walk in love. What did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, love and obey. Love, trust, walk Fear God and keep his commandments. This is the conclusion of the matter. And we praise God for all he has done through the book of Ecclesiastes in our lives. Would you pray with me? Father, we number our days today and we take seriously what you've called us to. We, uh, we stand in awe of you. When we worship, we stand in awe of you. When we pray, we stand in reverence of you. When we read your word, we need to be reminded uh, that you are God and we are not. So we, we worship you. We will never reframe you. May our traditions and our man-made rules never, ever step in as the commands of God. That's reframing as well, and we don't want that either. 
I pray a blessing on the one who's here today uh, that has walked with you for a long time. And when they think about age, when they think about the aging process, there have been years, decades of faithful walking with you. May they take that in, in, in these days, whatever days they have left, and proclaim you to the next generation. May this church always be about preparing the next generation, the generation that's now stepping them up, helping them succeed as they follow you, their creator. For the one who's never placed faith in Jesus, that today would be the day they repent of their sins and ask you to be Lord of their life. We pray all this in the authority of the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said...